Support for this podcast is provided by That Cast Creative. Brand your business and connect with your audience by creating a custom podcast. Learn more at thatcast.com. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bruton. On today's episode, we have Mac Pritchard, founder of Maxless. Mac, thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Dan. It's a pleasure. And so I usually like to go straight into, like, let's talk about your background and career. We'll do that maybe on the back half, but let's get right into Maxlist. I mean, obviously, for folks that live in Portland, it's such a great resource. And what I personally love about it is, you know, it's not just a job listing. You have, like, a lot of great, tangible advice for, you know, job seekers, but also for employers. So I'd love to just kind of start there. Like, let's talk about Maxlist. Let's talk about, um, you know, I know it's structured around you being passionate about, you know, these modern hiring practices and what as an employer you can do to really tap into the best talent here. So I'll just kind of go from there. Well, that's great. Uh, Maxlist, as you know, is a a regional job board and Mm -hmm. we're based here in Portland, but We serve job seekers throughout the Pacific Northwest. And you're right, Dan, we do have a lot of advice both for job seekers and employers. And I'm very proud of the value we offer as a job board, but I also know as as HR experts and career experts know that many jobs never get posted anywhere. Right. And many candidates don't understand this. And, And that's natural because often we don't think about job hunting until we have to. So it's a skill that many of us learned by trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to help uh, the people who come to the site get good at job hunting. That's why we provide lots of great content about how to do it. We also want to help employers. We have had about 3,000 employers post with us. And many of our customers, for them, they don't have a full-time HR director. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're small organizations. And hiring is an event that might happen once or twice a year or maybe half a dozen times, but it's usually not somebody's full-time job. And that's why we offer a lot of advice uh, from uh, hiring experts about how to do hiring right. Mm -hmm. So what are, now that it's kind of evolved a little bit, you've, you know, you've had Maxlist started. We were talking before the show. We'll get into it uh, since, uh, you know, I think 2010 or so. So how has that evolved for employers? Have you seen, as you've seen the, the labor market tighten a little bit? So love your thoughts on that too. Yes, it's we're at when we're recording this at a time of historically low unemployment mm-hmm. rates. So there's a lot of competition out there. There's an irony too if you talk to job seekers and uh, they tell you it sometimes feels more competitive than ever. And I think part of what's happening here is companies have embraced technologies that have allowed them to automate the hiring process. So it's never been easier to send in a resume. And the benefit of that, of course, uh, when you're hiring is you get to hear from people you might not normally hear from, and that's also kind of the curse. Mm -hmm. Uh, So instead of getting 25 or 50 resumes, as you might have 10 or 15 years ago, if you adopt uh, systems like applicant tracking systems uh, and you post on several job boards use other technologies, you're going to hear maybe from 100, 150, 200 people. Mm-hmm. And so companies are struggling with the volume of applications at the same time that they're trying to find great candidates. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a funny irony. So what should they do? <laughs> yeah, because no, it is. Now, I hear that all the time from both of the employer side. Uh, you know, I run this event and people who are looking for shops, right? So it's just like this. It's frustrating. So, Well, I think... 
for an employer, you got to step back and look at your job posting. And this sounds very simple, but we see a lot of postings at Max List. Uh, we uh, typically publish five to six hundred a month. Mm-hmm. And again, because often hiring is something that is in addition to someone else's responsibilities. People who write these position descriptions don't have a lot of experience doing it. Uh, so a couple of basic things can really help um, make sure you get better responses. One is having a clear job title. And sometimes organizations will put, insert job titles that are meaningful to them internally, but don't mean anything to civilians. Right. Uh, another is when you look at the job posting itself, eliminate all the jargon. Uh, and w- we all have our professional language, whatever our occupation. And you do want people in that profession to come and work for you, but uh, sometimes that language gets in the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here's a really basic thing is another step that people can take is include a salary range. There's research that shows applicants are much more likely to respond to a job posting if a salary range is included. And if you think about it, uh, you're going to get the right kind of applicant because if the job doesn't have a salary range, you might hear from people right out of college and you might hear from people who are Mm mid-career. And maybe it's a job that requires five years experience. Uh, And maybe you've said that, but there's no better signal of what you need than including a salary range. And I get it. I know companies are reluctant to share that information, particularly larger ones that might have several people in that same position. But in the long run, their company is going to be better served if they're more transparent about salaries. Yeah, and I think I was poking around on Maxless yesterday, and I was so refreshed to see one of the posts with the range because it is so rare to see that nowadays, right? So that's great. And this also um, – you know, an area of focus I'm personally really interested in, but it's it's kind of emerging a lot, is this notion of employer branding, right? Yes. Your, your brand, your reputation is a place to work, and bigger companies are investing in that. But I think it's something small companies can do too. So yes. have you seen that kind of emerge more? I'd love you know, talk about that. I'm glad you brought that up uh, because I an employer brand is so important, and when you're Setting up your hiring process, if you don't put into place uh, basic steps like notifying clients or applicants rather that uh, they've been uh, selected for uh, it, that they haven't been selected for an interview, if they have a negative experience, they're going to remember that and they're going to tell people about it. So hiring is part of the branding experience, yes. yeah. and you want to make sure you get the basics right, right. and that means uh, it telling people what your hiring process is, uh, sharing key milestones, getting back to people by dates uh, by which you promise to get back. Sometimes people treat the hiring process employers as some some kind of secret. And the more open and transparent they are, the better applicants they'll attract and the better experiences for their brand they'll create for the people who may not get a job but will at least – say things like, well, they got back to me. At mm-hmm. least I heard from them. Mm-hmm. Because I know all of your listeners have applied for jobs. I certainly have. Mm-hmm. And you never heard anything. It just went into what we call, <laughs> you know, in the HR <laughs> yeah, world, yeah. the black hole. Right. So, uh, yeah. In, and in terms of, of things employers can do to um, to promote their brand, we're seeing a lot of employers do videos about their companies and their culture. 
We're seeing um, employers share uh, employee stories mm-hmm. about what it's like to work there. Mm-hmm. And many employers are recognizing that one of the most powerful ways to hire, and, and they most have understood this instinctively, is to leverage their networks, mm-hmm. both uh, of the managers but all employees. And so referrals and rewarding employees who bring in applicants who are hired with bonuses of some kind is another way to make yeah, that happen. Yeah, that's great. And you kind of touched upon kind of the, the candidate experience when you're applying. And, and, you know, we both know a lot of HR folks here that, you know, they're not doing it intentionally. It's like they really do care, but it's um, just kind of ranging it. And I know a couple of people in town, their job description is they're candidate advocates for – and so I see people investing in that, and it's like, oh, it's making it more human, right? Right. It's so great. And so, well, that that's great. Well, let's – We'll talk a couple more things. I want to switch to Portland because it's always a, a love of mine to you know or to talk about the city that is growing a lot uh, in regards to business. And you've been here, you know, you've seen a lot of that explosion. So, right. how, how has that changed your business? You know, Maxless, but I'll, just your thoughts personally is like as we grow, where you know where are we going? What are the opportunities for us, kind of as a, a city? Well, I think as Portland grows, we continue to attract people from out of state who have a lot of skills and backgrounds and experiences that we just don't have here. Mm -hmm. And it allows us to uh, grow companies and offer opportunities that just weren't available 25, 30 years ago. I came to Portland in, in 1991. And the idea of working remotely and serving clients in other states, it just um, the technology wasn't there, and if it was, it was expensive mm-hmm. um, and just not practical. Mm-hmm. And that has been a huge change in the last 25-plus years. And I think Portland has benefited from that. You see people and companies here that are serving uh, not only national but global markets and uh, attracting people who want to be here because of the quality of life uh, and getting a chance to use their talents um, in a national or even a global market. Yeah, I just think I read something yesterday. I don't know if it was in the business journal, but there's some kind of New Zealand connection here. There's a couple yeah. of new, smaller New Zealand, new Zealand startups that have moved here, and they uh, they interviewed some of the founders, and it's because the people are nice here, right? Right. That connection. So there's there's that too. So talk about MaxList. I know it started as really a kind of a side hustle first, right? Well, it was about networking. So my career, uh, I turned 60 last November, has been in communications and government and politics. I came to Oregon in 91 to work for Earl Blumenauer when he ran for mayor. I was his city hall communications director and then went down to Salem. Uh, And I was a speechwriter for John Kitzhaber and a spokesperson for several different state agencies. When I I'd always lived in Portland. When I took a job at Portland State working on a juvenile justice reform project as their national communications director, I wanted to stay in touch with my contacts in Salem. And nobody objects to getting a job posting. We all get them. Um, I got a few more than most, but uh, what I did was set up a very small list of several dozen names of colleagues I wanted to remember me. And once a month or so I'd send these postings, and this went on for years, but I started to hear from employers I didn't know and people I didn't know who asked to be added to the list, and by 2010, it had, I was, I'd started um, another company, a public relations firm that serves foundations and nonprofits, and I was paying one of my employees about a day a week to run this list. Uh-huh. So 
I had stopped it for a couple of months, and people started calling me and asking me, are you okay? <laughs> so I knew that there was, uh, I was meeting a need. And uh, so I decided to, in order to cover my cost, to charge for job postings. And the, the, the list has largely uh, grown by word of mouth. And I think that's one of the benefits because uh, most jobs get filled by word of mouth. Not all, but many do. Yeah. And, and and the and the list mimics that because typically people find us uh, organically through colleagues, friends, and recommendations. Mm-hmm. So what's kind of na- what's next for Maxilist? We're expanding to Seattle. Uh, really? Yeah, we are. We're going to launch a Seattle job board in September. Great. And we're very excited about that. Uh, when we look at our Google um, search rankings, uh, Maxilist Seattle is our fourth most popular search term. So mm-hmm. the, again, that's signaling to us mm-hmm. that there's a need there. And that's and we want to help meet that need. Yeah, and we'll I'll circle back to you mentioned the networking piece. Yeah. and you know one of the things I do I, I run these events. So there's, there's a big piece of the networking of it, and the irony is for me I'm very introverted uh, by nature. Yeah. So and a lot of people are I think. Yeah. So uh, I know you have tips on your side about the networking events, but they're they're so crucial in helping you know the job search um, and just staying in touch with the community. So what are some of your kind of tips about networking since you've uh, you've been kind of on the forefront of that for so many years. Yeah, and I, early in my career, was a very shy guy. Uh, the last thing I wanted to do often was to go to a, a conference or, or uh, a cocktail party. Mm-hmm. But networking is a skill that you can learn, and introverts uh, can do it very, very well. So my main tip would be play to your strengths. So if you're going uh, to an event and you like taking pictures, uh, you're a photographer, volunteer to do that. Do something you enjoy doing that'll give you a role at, at an event. Or maybe you enjoy talking to people one-on-one. Sign up to uh, staff the registration table. That'll give you a chance to meet everybody as they come in. Uh, and the value of networking is, again, most candidates hear about jobs uh, through word of mouth, uh, the best jobs often. And I would say to employers, I, they often tell me they find their best candidates that way too. Yeah. So in the end, Dan, you want to understand how the system works and make the system work for you. And yes, visit job boards because there are a lot of great jobs there, but also recognize whether you're hiring or you're looking for a position, you've got to go out and talk to people. Yeah. Well, Mac, thanks so much for being on the show. And it's uh, Maxless Seattle coming soon. In September 2019. Yeah. Stand by. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'm Dan Bruden, and you've been listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. Original music was composed for this episode by Levi Downey. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. 